Now today God's word is in Romans 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayer at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why am I so anger, eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is a power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then we go in chapter 16. Chapter 16, from verse 25. Romans 16, verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is God's word. Uh, good evening, guys. My name's Nick. I'm one of the ministers here at Christ Church Mayfair, if we haven't met. Um, can we pray as we begin? Um, our Father in heaven, you call us to be part of a story that is so much bigger than us. And um, I, I pray that as, as we, we, we look at this tonight, you'd be lifting our eyes, you'd be stirring our faith so that we would get stuck in, so that we would play our part in that story. Amen. So, um, World Focus Sunday, as we've said, uh, we, we try and lift our eyes beyond our kind of normal horizons to think about what God's doing around the world. Now, as we do that, it's interesting to think about the bloke that wrote these words that we just had read, um, the Apostle Paul. Uh, he, if you like, in the Bible, he's kind of the great missionary. Um, this guy planted churches uh, in places that had never heard uh, about Jesus before. He saw the, the, Christian, the Christian message advance at a phenomenal rate. Churches all the way from Jerusalem round to Rome. That's like a quarter of the Roman Empire. 
before there were even cars. And he did all this, um, despite the fact that, that loads of these places he was planting churches in were really hostile, and despite the fact that he himself spent significant amount of time in jail in that period. Paul's like the great missionary in the Bible. Um, and in this book of Rome, he's writing to Christians in Rome, um, basically to recruit them. So he's told them that he's uh, off on, on a missionary trip to Spain, and he's trying to recruit them to partner with him uh, in that kind of missionary work. And that, because my aim tonight, um, total disclosure, my aim tonight basically is to do that, is to recruit us to be increasingly involved in missionary work in different ways. So what I thought we'd do is we'd, we'd just look at his parting words in chapter 16, verses 25 uh, to 27. And I wonder if you notice that this parting words of this recruitment letter, it's all about God's glory. So check out verse 25. Look down at verse 25 with me. Now to him who's able to establish you. Now jump down to verse 27. It's where it finishes that thought that starts in verse 25. To him, to the only wise gods, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. That's the, the big thing in Paul's mind here. Um, glory, that's the, the, the beauty of God's infinite perfections. Um, it, it's not that we add anything to God's glory. Um, God's already got all the glory in, in himself. Um, but Paul wants that to be seen. He wants that to be acknowledged, for that to be tasted everywhere. It's all about God's glory, Paul says. And so as Paul finishes this, uh, so Paul, the great missionary, recruiting people to be involved in missionary work, says it's all about God's glory. And here in these final thoughts, he gives, he gives them two final thoughts that will drive them uh, to mission for God's glory. Two final thoughts that will drive us um, to be stuck in with mission for God's glory. The first thought is this, God is able to strengthen us with the gospel. And the second thought we're going to see is that God has revealed this gospel to the nations. So first, the first thought that will drive us uh, to, to mission for God's glory is that God is able to strengthen us with the gospel. Look down at verse 25 with me. Now to him, that's God, who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. That word uh, established there in the Greek, it means to, uh, to fix, to, to make steadfast, to set, to strengthen. Um, it's the opposite of being unstable. Uh, it's worth remembering that the man writing Paul, he knows a thing or two about strengthening. Right? He set up church after church, which flourishes in hostile cultures. And he himself... He has faced obeying crowds and beatings. He's faced unjust judges and dark, lonely prison cells. This is a guy that knows about resilience. He knows about strengthening. And how does he say we can be strengthened? Well, look at verse 25 again. It is God that does it through the gospel, through this, this message about Jesus Christ. 
Now, he spent the whole book of Romans, 16 chapters, um, outlining that message. Um, But just very briefly, he's told us, one, that everybody falls short of God's standards, whether that's by being uh, religious hypocrisy or rebelling. Um, Everybody falls short of God's standards and faces his judgment. That's uh, chapters one to three. Two, he's told us through Jesus dying in our place, God has provided a way for us to be right with him. Chapters three and four. Three, he's told us that we can live now by God's spirit under his grace as we face current sufferings headed for glory. That's chapters five to eight. But the heart of this message then is that we can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, through trusting in him alone. Now that message, like familiar to many of us, that is how God is able to strengthen us. That is how God chooses to establish us. And I don't know about you, but guys, that is something that I really need to remember at the moment. Because I don't know about you, but I just feel like lockdown is so draining. It's like the plug's been pulled out. And just my energy drained, passion drained, enthusiasm slowly drained. This is a time where we need strengthening, don't we? Well, how does God do that? That's an important question if you think about it. I mean, I wonder how, what you would naturally think. How would you finish this sentence, okay? To be strengthened, to really be strengthened during lockdown, what I need is... How would you finish that sentence? Lockdown to end, better exercise regime. Well, if we want, if we want inner strength that lasts, that, that enables us to fight sin, to impact others, to make a difference in this world, what do we need? Well, verse 25, God is able to establish us, strengthen us through the gospel. What we need is a deeper grasp of this gospel. There are always more riches to plumb in this message. There are always more vistas to enjoy in this message. God is able to strengthen us through the gospel. It's interesting, you know he says there, God is able to. It's not automatic. But we need to, we need to avail ourselves of this of this gospel message. I mean, that's true as a church. How will Christchurch Mayfair be strengthened during a pandemic? Well, it's through this gospel. So we need to keep preaching it. We need to keep sharing that same message. How will we as individuals be strengthened despite the drain of lockdown? Well, it's through this gospel. So avail yourself of it, delight in it, don't tire of it, rehearse it to ourselves. I, this is a stupid example, but just imagine, right, that if in your bedroom you had a button, which if you pressed it, God was able to strengthen you, what would you do? You'd be pressing the button, wouldn't you, every day. God doesn't give us a button. He gives us this message. So press into that message every day. Rehearse it to yourself when you wake up in the morning. Rehearse it to yourself before you sit down to eat a meal. Rehearse it to yourself when you go to bed. God is able to strengthen us through that message. That's the first thought that will drive us to make a difference, to make an impact for God 
in this world. The next thought that will uh, drive us to mission for God's glory is uh, that God has revealed this gospel um, to the nations. Let's look at verse 25 um, and 26. Uh, Now to him who's able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known. See that word mystery there. Um, That word mystery, it doesn't mean permanent secrets. Um, it more means something concealed that's brought into the open. A bit like a Christmas present. Think of a Christmas present wrapped up under the tree. Like It's real, it's there, but the details haven't been brought into the open yet. You see, the Bible says that God's plan to rescue humanity, to, to mend this broken world, that God made that plan before time began. But the way that he chooses to reveal it to humanity, it's, it's a bit like a, a master storyteller. Okay, um, How many people in here have read Harry Potter? Hands up. How many of us have read Harry Potter? Okay, How many of us have seen the movies? A few more. There's no shame in that. That's fine. Um, did you know that um, before the first Harry Potter book, uh, J.K. Rowling, she, she had a, um, a big board up and she outlined the story of all seven novels and how they would all climax... Um, in the seventh book. And throughout the books, there are hints that gradually get clearer and clearer and clearer until the mystery is kind of revealed finally in the seventh book. And then you go back and you read um, the the incidents that happened before that made sense in themselves, but now they have a depth and a richness as as, as the climax, as the mystery is revealed in the seventh. Well, like that, God's plan, it was pointed to throughout history in his dealings with humanity. We've got it recorded in the Bible. And it gradually gets clearer and clearer and clearer until finally it's, it's revealed in Jesus. Again, like a, like a Christmas present. The, the Old Testament is pointing to a hope that's real, that's really there. But when Jesus comes, it's ripped open, it's laid bare for everybody to see. But here, I think the, 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 the key thing for us, I'd love us to notice this evening, just, just notice the first three words of verse 26, but now revealed. Now we are in the part of the story where the mystery's been revealed, right? Where it's been, it's been laid bare, it's out in the open. God's answer to the deepest problems that humanity faces, to those deep questions that everybody has about purpose and meaning and our deepest struggles, they're not a mystery anymore. Like God's given us the answer. He's revealed it. He's ripped it open and laid it bare for all to see. He reveals this gospel to us uh, in Jesus. Uh, it's a ridiculous example, but just imagine for a moment. Imagine you've got a housemate who starts reading the Harry Potter novels, okay? And you walk into the living room one day, and they're moping, and they're moody. And you ask them what's wrong, and they say, look, I got to the end of book five, and I quit. I just don't get it. I don't understand. How could Harry ever defeat Voldemort? What the heck is a Horcrux? How does all this fit together? I don't understand. I quit. What would you say? 
See, there is book seven. <laughs> the mystery's been revealed. It's not a secret anymore. Check it out. It's right here in book seven. It's been revealed. It's been laid open. Well, the deep, the, the deep questions of human existence, the problem, uh, the, the, human, the deepest problems that humans face, it's not a mystery anymore. It's God has revealed the answer in Jesus Christ. Now, if that sounds crazy to you and you're just investigating the Christian faith, can I just encourage you to look into it? We're running a course on Tuesday evenings called Christianity Explored. Get in touch with me if you'd be interested in that. It's a huge claim. But that is the claim at the heart of the Christian faith that God has revealed the answer in Jesus. But notice though, back, back in verse 26, who, who has he revealed this to? So verse 26, now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. So God commands that this is revealed to all the Gentiles. That word, Gentiles, means nations. Right? So God has revealed this message to all the nations. That's who it's for. If you like, it's like we're in the final chapter of the story. Okay? It's been revealed, the mystery's been revealed, and now we're passing it on. It's going out to all the nations. We're in that part of the story where it's been revealed and it's going out to all nations. Notice all nations there. See, one of the things I love about the Christian faith is that um, it's not culturally specific. So think about it. Uh, you've, got, you've got the Queen of England over there in Buckingham Palace with a flourishing personal faith in Jesus Christ. And on the other side of the world, you've got indigenous tribes in the jungles of Papua New Guinea with flourishing faith in Jesus Christ. It, it, it takes root in every soil. This gospel's revealed to all nations. It's not culturally specific. And see, sometimes people think of Christianity as like a white or a Western thing. Like I've had people say to me before, Nick, the reason you're a Christian is that you were born um, in a Western Christian country. And I, I, you know, I can see why people might think that, but it's actually an astoundingly arrogant thing for Westerners to say, because think about it. This Christianity, this message, it didn't originate in the West. And most of the people in the world who are Christians today aren't Western. You know the places in the, in the world where, where this, this message is booming the most? We heard about India. Does anyone know the next two, the next two places that it's booming the most? Africa and China. And the statistics, yeah, we've got some nods, well done. <laughs> the statistics are, uh, are absolutely astonishing. They're mind-blowing. So in China, in 1900, there were approximately 18,000 Christians. Now, it's hard to tell, but people estimate between 110 and 234 million. In Africa, in 1900, there were approximately 9 million Christians. Now there are 541 million in the last 15 years, it's an average of 33,000 people per day born into or converted into Christianity in Africa alone. One expert says this is the greatest shift in religious affiliation the world has ever seen. 
And that is the story that you are a part of. If you're a Christian here this evening, God has revealed this gospel and it's going out to all the nations. We tend to think in the West that the story is that it's diminishing. It's just not true on a global scale. This is the story that you're a part of if you're a Christian. And it's worth saying that this is the main storyline of history. When we look back at 2021 from eternity, the main thing is not going to be locked down. It's a big deal, but it's not the main story. The main story is that God has revealed the gospel and it's going out to all nations. We're in that story and the story isn't over. So we've got to ask ourselves, are we playing our part in that story? Since Paul's writing this, these words, he wants the Roman church to play their part. And if you've got a Bible, just glance over the page at chapter 15, um, verse 24. Uh, Paul says, um, uh, I, I plan to, vi- to do so, that is to visit. When I go to Spain, that's on a mission trip, I hope to see you while passing through and that you will assist me on my journey there. He, he wants them to partner with him um, in this missionary work. And one of the main ways they do that, look down at verse 30 of chapter 15. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. One of the main ways they partner is by praying. He's encouraging them and he's encouraging us here to play our part in this story, partnering, praying for the gospel to go out um, to all nations. So question, are you playing your part in that story? And I've got to say, as I look around our church family, I find this really encouraging because I know loads of people here who are playing their part in this story. I know people who who are praying for mission partners each day, playing their part. People who are giving money to support mission partners. I know that some of people, um, even here in the room, have have, have used holiday, um, annual leave, to go and visit mission partners to encourage them. I know other people that are involved trying to reach out to other nations here in London. I even, there are some people in our church family right now who are preparing to go and actually be missionaries. As we look around our church family, isn't that encouraging? Isn't it cool to be part of a family where this is happening? Um, but but I'd, I'd like us each individually just to hit refresh and just to ask this question of ourselves again. Am I playing my part in this story? I mean, would you, would you consider partnering in prayer? Pick up those prayer cards or download them if you're watching online and partnering in by praying each day. That's something you can do in lockdown. <laughs> doesn't make any difference. Would you consider, if you're not already, potentially partnering financially, giving to one of these mission partners? When lockdown ends and we can travel again, would you, would you consider going on a short-term mission trip, spending some of your time to get stuck in? Would you consider maybe one day giving your life to become a missionary. I pray there'll be people here today and people watching for whom that's true. Are we playing our part in that story? 
Let's finish then with verse 27. Just look at verse 27 with me again. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. At the end of the day, it's, it's all about God's glory. He's able to strengthen us with the gospel. And he's revealed this gospel to all nations. It's our job to pass it on. These are two truths that we hope, we pray will drive us to partner in mission for God's great glory. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that your gospel would capture our hearts and our imaginations. We pray that your, your gospel, we would be so thankful for it, that it would drive us to mission um, for your glory. I pray that you'd move in us. I pray that you show us and inspire us to, to be playing our part in this story that you call us to be a part of. Amen.